0: Hey, and welcome to Parkview on the go. If this is your first time, let me tell you about who we are. We are a community that exists to help you take your next step toward God, whatever that might be for you. So whether you've been running from God for a while or you're pretty far along in your spiritual journey, you belong here. And if at any point along the way, or maybe in a few days after you've had a chance to process things a little bit, you want to have a conversation with us about what your next step might be, You can always go to parkviewchurch.com slash next steps and we'll help you out. And really quick, um, I want to remind all of our parents that along with this podcast and our Parkview at Home experience, we have amazing content and growth opportunities for your kids and teenagers. In fact, Parkview's kids and student teams have developed resources that can be utilized completely online. So if you're looking for a way to help your kids and teenagers grow spiritually, go to parkviewchurch.com where you'll see a link right at the top of the homepage. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in to Parkview On The Go. Enjoy the service.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the GOAT. Um, How many of you shut off some technology this last week? Like, just for a little while. I mean, if you didn't see last week, go back and, and watch. We need to talk about this. Listen, let me clarify. I didn't mean like shut me off. I'm helpful, okay? Only me. Shut off some other technology and let's figure out how to live in the crazy world that we live in. Um, we're gonna talk today about uh, the greatest of all time, okay, 23. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about not basketball, congratulations to the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. So far, nobody has gotten me an interview with Michael Jordan, who is the real 23 the GOAT. But 23 the GOAT isn't about basketball. Shockingly, it's about the Bible. And what's interesting is if you take your Bible and kind of flip it basically right to the middle, um, you're probably going to find the Psalms. They're literally in the page number, basically in the middle of your Bible. So right in the middle of the Bible is the greatest scripture to me of all time. And it's right in the middle of the Bible, and it ought to be right in the middle of our lives, okay? So I want to do Psalm 23 together, and I want us to, to do this as kind of a prayer, just to read it out loud wherever you are. I want, to, I want to do it as a prayer, as a statement of your own faith, as a recognition that you believe that whatever struggles you have in your life, uh, that you have a shepherd, and, and he cares about you, okay? So let's do it. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As I'm looking through that scripture, I'm just kind of getting excited about the next few weeks because obviously I'm thinking ahead and I'm thinking about some of this stuff. Maybe it doesn't make any sense to you yet, but I can't wait to explain it to you because it's going to help you, okay? But basically what I want you to understand is this, the key to fulfilling your needs doesn't happen in pursuing your needs, it happens in pursuing God. Okay, let me say it again. The key to fulfilling, whatever it is that you're looking for, doesn't happen as you pursue whatever it is you're looking for. It happens when you pursue God, okay? And if you missed last week, we talked about how stupid sheep are. I found this picture online. Evidently, they're, they're dumber than geese because geese can read. I don't even understand this sign, um, But good for you, geese, okay? Here's what I wanna concentrate on today. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Okay, so in the Middle East, you gotta understand that the sheep would rise before dawn to graze, and then they would settle down at midday to escape the heat and to chew the cud. I mean, that's what they did. So here's one really important thing for you to understand about this psalm. Green pastures represents a place where the sheep need not move from place to place to be satisfied, okay? Green pastures aren't about the green pastures. It represents the place where the sheep can settle down and they don't have to move around to be satisfied. Shepherds understood this principle and I'm calling this sermon, Rusted Development. Shepherds understood this, okay? Shepherds knew that it's while they are resting that that the sheep are growing, okay? And that's the goal for your sheep. Tired or stressed out sheep do not produce lambs. They don't produce wool. They don't have weight gain, okay? How many of you have achieved your 2020 weight gain goals already? Okay, yeah, I I see that hand. I know that (laughs) weight gain and procreation creation might not be on your goal list for 2020, um, but the principle is the same for you. If you're stressed, you are not healthy, okay? We know that. And there's actually three things that that have to happen in a sheep's world to to, to, to make it so that sheep are healthy. In order for the sheep to experience really true rest, here, here it is, okay? How does rested development happen? Number one, The sheep has to know that the shepherd is close. Okay, we go back to last week. First of all, Obviously, this goes to the whole idea that we talked about last week of having the right idea who the shepherd is, okay? He is not an impersonal cosmic force that doesn't really care about you. He is not an angry lightning bolt throwing God that's mad at you because you don't measure up. He's not a disappointed parent who wishes you would have got a B instead of a C. And he's not an absent father who wasn't there for you. Don't don't transpose your thoughts about humans onto God. Understand who the true shepherd is and that will change everything. Again, the capital L-O-R-D is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, that was Yahweh. In Hebrew, that would have been the highest, most elevated word they could use for their concept of God. And again, let me come back here. The sheep has to know that the shepherd is close. Okay, you gotta trust your shepherd, and in order for the sheep to rest and have rested development, they have to know the shepherd is close. They have, to, they have to visibly be able to see the shepherd because, you see, sheep are defenseless against predators. So all they're gonna naturally do if there's a predator is run away unless the shepherd is there, they trust the shepherd, and the shepherd is close. In other words, Maybe take a picture of this screen. What calms the sheep is not the absence of predators. It's the presence of the shepherd. What calms the sheep and what should calm us is not the absence of predators. I mean, we're we're not going to find that, okay? Especially not in 2020. It's the presence of the shepherd that makes the difference. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why the expression worried sick exists, right? Because literally we can't be healthy when we have that kind of an anxiety going on. We take you back to a scripture we did a year ago together. Don't worry about anything, Paul said. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you do this, this is a paraphrase of it, if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus, okay? This is rested development. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Again, David was a shepherd, okay? And, and all the people that are, that are listening to this psalm back in the day understood the agrarian culture that, that, that was going on in the day. So while we might not understand sheep, they did. What he is saying is a, a literal paradigm-shifting statement that the Lord... Yahweh, who came down on the mountain and gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, who who raised up Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the the Lord who split the sea in half and led them through the desert, all the things they know about that mighty God is my shepherd. And the shepherd's close. So we can lie down in green pastures. Number two, there can't be friction in the flock. Okay, okay. There can be friction in the flock. Like, I I, I mean, in sheep world, right? If some, one of the sheep is positioning themselves, you know, if they're afraid that one of the others is gonna steal their, I mean, think of your pets, okay? One of them is gonna steal the food from the other one or mess with their babies or vote Republican or whatever it is that's on their list, right? They won't lie down. They're not gonna lie down in green pastures if there's friction in the flock, And man, my heart breaks for that right now, you guys. I mean, you know this, you've heard me talk about it. That's what's so bad in the family of God, so many hard feelings in the flock. Politically, racially, you know, COVID, masks, no masks, whatever, it breaks my heart, the state of affairs in our country. And let me just say it again try to get away from it. Turn it off. I was talking to Pastor Casey about social media, and he said social media is friction, right? Social media isn't about information. It's about attention, and friction is the best way to get people's attention. So get off. Turn it off. Here's what you need to understand. If there is friction in the flock, there won't be healing in the herd. If there's friction in the flock, there won't be healing in the herd. Took me a long time to come up with that, so smile, okay? As a shepherd, you just wanna tell your sheep to knock it off, man. I mean, I've never been a shepherd, but in, in a lot of ways, I am, you get it, right? I mean, even even my family, like we made a quick trip to Nashville this week to celebrate my grandson, Charlie's sixth birthday. And my parents hadn't seen their great grandkids since last Christmas. So I met my parents in Indy and, and drove them down. My parents live in Fort Wayne, I didn't grow up there, I'm not a Hoosier, I'm just a wannabe when my tax bill comes in. But they live there, we live in Chicago. So we met in Indianapolis and I drove them down because we don't want them driving all the way down there. And we hung out, and here is just some of the pictures: Mom with little Maggie, my one-year-old. Mom with Georgie reading to him; he's just giggling. And if you saw my social media posts, which you didn't because you turned off social media, I have my dad down there who made these model airplanes for my kids, and uh, they—I mean, they—I had to—I had to reglue them like three times already, and there's no way they last. But it was just such a cool thing to see him light up, and to see them light up at the same time, my dad and my grandchildren together, because nothing means more to me than to see family together. And as the family shepherd, which I kind of am now that, you know, my parents are older, I'm power of attorney for my parents, so basically I'm the shepherd, I'm going to take the keys away someday, dad, I'm just telling you, okay, not only as the family shepherd, not only do I want the sheep to get along, because it makes me crazy if they don't, I know it's better for them. If there's friction in the flock, there can't be healing in the herd. And hey, listen, you know, my 33-year-old daughter has a few different ideas about what's going on in the USA than my 82-year-old parents. But if they would've even started talking about it, I would've smacked them with my rod. My rod and my staff are gonna comfort you, all right? Let's talk about the bears because I want my sheep to get along so that they can rest, okay? Sheep have to know that the shepherd is close. They have to have harmony with one another. And most importantly, because don't forget the sheep are stupid, the sheep won't lie down in green pastures unless they're full. (laughs) Okay, think about it, right? I mean, think of your, think of your post-Thanksgiving tryptophan nap that you will be taking in, in, in just a month or so, right? You are not going to lie down on that couch with the football game on in the background until after you've eaten. And, and if Jesus is the good shepherd, what that means is that what he wants for us is to restore our soul and make sure that we are full. So how does that happen? Well, we have to follow the shepherd. That's what he's going to do, okay? It goes on. It says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. What about the still waters? Well, remember our human theme with this word picture, okay? The the, the word picture is about sheep, and sheep are stupid. Thank you. Here's one of my stupid sheep pictures, believe me. I will show you one every week from now on, right? But but here's the problem, okay? If sheep are thirsty, they are susceptible because they are stupid to going and trying to drink from a not-so-still-water place, okay, and get washed away or drown. Then again... Sheep are stupid, and they will just drink from any water source that they can find. So if there's stagnant water there, maybe it's poisonous, maybe it's germ-filled, whatever. Maybe it's going to harm the sheep. They're too dumb to know the difference. They're going to drink from there if they're thirsty, because it's just there anyway. Kind of like PBR when it's the only thing in your fridge. You know you're not really going to drink it, but if it's the only thing there, that's how it goes. Okay, so what does this mean? Leads me, leads me beside the still waters, makes me lie down in green pastures. Wait a minute, hold on. I, I, I like to decide my own fate. I like to know where I'm going. I'm a pull myself up from the bootstraps kind of guy. I, I, I want to do it my own way. I, I get it, I, I do. I am that person as well. What David, who was definitely in that same personality bent, says is that the way that we get rested development is by allowing the shepherd to be the shepherd, okay? And he's going to feed us. And then when he says it's time to lay down in green pastures, we should just do it. And when he says don't drink that, but yes, drink that, then, then we should just do it. And by the way, Jesus modeled this. I don't want you to think this is like Old Testament stuff. Like, you know, Jesus and the apostles had this crazy three years of ministry and it was stressful and people were trying to kill him and and all this stuff is going on and everybody wanted a piece of him. And it says in Mark 6, the apostles, apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Yeah, let's bag it. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Jesus modeled this in his own life. Sometimes he had to get away from it and get to the green pastures and the still waters all by himself because God was his shepherd too. And as he was leading people, he did the same thing. And as he is leading us, he wants to do the same thing. So here's a great question. What waters are you drinking from? I mean, maybe you're following the newsfeed. Your newsfeed. Maybe you're listening to people who aren't encouraging you to look at God during this season. What, what shepherd are you following? you know i've been reading a lot lately about businesses and and businesses are figuring out that people are stressed and, and they're starting to talk about mindfulness you know and, and and emptying your mind and 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 doing meditation and doing all these different kind of things and that's great okay really it's better than the alternative but how about we take it the next step how about if we go to soulfulness it's not about clearing your mind it's about restoring your soul And that's what happens when you lie down in green pastures and you let him lead you to the still waters. Restoration is not going to happen unless you know that the right shepherd is leading you to the right places, okay? The right shepherd leading me to the right places. I can just take a deep breath. Most of you get the metaphor of still water too. I mean, you know, it's just, just something about being at the ocean or being next to a fountain or, or next to a river that just kind of calms your soul, doesn't it? Um, I've had a koi pond in my backyard in Mokina for, well, we've been there for 25 years. I think I put it in maybe two or three years in, it was just something I always wanted to do, dug the hole, put the pond in. So it's an old, it was an old pond. And, you know, I wasn't in great shape. The water still worked, you know, but the fish died out a long time ago. It just, I turned it on every once in a while, you know. So I, you got to keep the water clean. And um, I was going to be gone for some of this time during COVID. So I asked my buddy Joe, I said, I'm not going to tell you his last name because you'll ask him to do, do your house too. I said, hey, would you just watch my pond for me make Sure, you know it stays full of water, and the, you know the filter doesn't get clogged. And instead, Joe went over and decided to completely redo the pond in my backyard, right off my deck. Just look at this video of my pond for a second, and think about this this psalm. He leads me beside the still waters. I know y'all want to come over now, don't you? I mean. It's so amazing. Of course, it makes me have to go to the bathroom, but then once I come back out, it's so amazing to think about green pastures and lying down in them. It's so amazing to think about still waters and being beside them and grabbing a drink if I need it, but just being peaceful. There's just something about that. And the last sentence is, he restoreth my soul, Okay. What is that about? It's it's about, again, that deeper peace of me. Not just clearing my mind, it's about my soul and it's not about just making my soul a little bit better it's about restoration of my soul do you understand that our soul is the is the deepest part of that that goes beyond even our emotion it's the deepest part in there that knows that there's a god and knows that god is there and needs to rest right now our soul is what is probably anxious more than anything else right now so here's what i want to encourage you with i'm going to give you uh, i'm going to give you one phrase in a minute to to keep in your head all week. And I'm going to give you an exercise that I want you to do forever, frankly, but at least for the next few weeks. Will you do this? Just read Psalm 23. It's not long. Read Psalm 23 first thing in the morning and right before you go to bed at night. Okay? Why? because how you begin your day in many aspects determines how you're going to interpret and respond to what the day brings the challenges the victories whatever it is okay so the first thing you do is check your messages like me you know that's probably going to be okay not always, but it's probably gonna be okay, but I'm telling you, man, put the phone somewhere else, turn it off, whatever, don't even do that. If you check your email, if you get on social media, and you start looking at everybody else, and oh, they had this lovely dinner, and I got Chipotle last night, then all of a sudden, what's gonna happen? You're gonna start spiraling down, and you're gonna start off in a spiritual hole. You're literally gonna be drinking from the poison water or drinking from the rapids and falling in as you get up in the morning. And do it right before you go to bed. Okay, how you end your day is just the same. I mean, back in the day, my parents used to always watch the ten o'clock news, and maybe you still do that. I mean, that to me, that's the that's the worst possible thing you can do. Unless there happens to be a day in the world when nothing bad happens and it's all about unicorns and butterflies and rainbows, it's a terrible way to go to bed. And and so is anything else that you fill your mind with. And as you sit there and think about the things that are going on in your day, turn it over to the Lord and read Psalm 23 before you go to bed. Say it out loudly to yourself. Do whatever it is that it takes to get up in the morning and do 23 first, the goat, and do 23 last thing before you go to bed. Then maybe lay there for a few minutes and meditate, okay? And hey, if you're having trouble sleeping, you can count sheep. It, it works with the metaphor. Whatever you got to do. All right, but meditate on the 23rd Psalm and be still. I ran across this illustration in the book, Directions. James Hamilton, the author, writes, Before refrigerators, people used ice houses. This is going way back, to preserve their food. And ice houses had thick walls, no windows, and a tightly fitted door. In the winter, when streams and lakes were frozen, large blocks of ice were cut, and hauled to the ice houses and covered in sawdust, and often the ice would last well into the summer." This is how they used to do it, okay? So one day this man lost a valuable watch while working in the ice house. He searched all over for it, going through all the sawdust, couldn't find it. His fellow workers also looked for it. They couldn't find it. And a small boy who heard about the fruitless search slipped into the out ice house, during, not the outhouse, that would have been weird, into the ice house during the noon hour and soon emerged with the watch. Amazed, the men said, how did you find it? And the boy said, I closed the door and I laid down in the sawdust and I kept very still, and pretty soon I could hear the watch ticking. He writes, often the question is not about whether God is speaking, but whether we're being still enough and quiet enough to hear. That, that, that gets it, okay? That gets it for all of us. So how does it happen during the day? 23 first thing in the morning, 23 at night. What do you do during the day? Here's your phrase, take a picture of the screen. Stop gazing and start grazing. Got it? Stop gazing and start grazing. Okay? Instead of constantly staring at, through the fence, at the grass greener on the other side, stop gazing at that and start grazing where you are on all the good things that are happening and all the stuff that God has done. The grass is always gonna be greener on the other side. And yeah, some sheep are restless like that. They're, they're roaming all day long. They call them literally fence crawlers. While some sheep stay where they're supposed to, some of the sheep are always out there you know, looking for the next thing. right? Dallas Wheeler said, how does sheep get lost? One bite at a time. That's how it happens, okay? And listen, here's what you need to know. You may have had thicker grass before COVID-19, okay? Let's just be honest. And when you see other people and get impatient that, that the grass is not as thick as it used to be, you may feel lack. You may feel want, okay? You may feel need, You don't feel like, I shall not want. But please remember that the goal is not for God to restore my old status or to restore my old income. It's to restore my soul. He restoreth my soul. Actually, the difference between sheep and goats is basically this, okay? Which is a total mixed metaphor for 23 because greatest of all time is a goat. But, but here's the deal. Jesus often used contrast between the sheep and the goats. They're the same family of animals, but even though sheep were stupid, they could be led, okay? Goats were actually always on the bad side of the equation. He says God's gonna separate us in the end, the sheep from the goats. The sheep go with him and the goats don't. Why? Because goats can't be led, they can only be driven, okay? Wh- which one are you gonna be? Are you gonna let him lead you? Are, you? are you gonna have to be pushed or maybe just wander off? Can you stop gazing and start grazing? That's the question. And here's what I wanna do as I close. Um, I just wanna do this for a minute. Had a funny experience this week. In regard to this, um, we had Charlie's birthday party, and um, we asked him to pray, and he was a little bit more nervous because my rock star friend Brian Head Welsh was sitting next to him at the table. So instead of being the verbose Charlie that he normally is, he started praying, and then he kind of got quiet, and, and, he, and he would pause. "Dear God, pause. You know, thank you for this food." Pause. And, you know, we're all, we're all just kind of feeling it for him. And when it got done, Rachel said, wow, that was kind of nice. And we were all like, yeah, it was. Like not every moment was filled with sound. So let's do it right now. Father God, you are our shepherd. no reason for us to want to be in need. Might not be like it was before March in our life, but we know that you are making us lie down in green pastures and leading us beside the still waters and restoring our souls in ways that we might not have even known were possible before the middle of March. When we get to the end of this, it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Lord, if that's the only thing we can hold on to right now, it's good enough. And if our pastures don't look so green, it may be because we're comparing them to the wrong thing. And if we're not drinking from still waters, it may be because we're not letting you lead us. And if our soul is not restored, we pray for your rod and your staff to comfort us. It's in your name that we pray, amen.
0: You know, believe it or not, church can actually be fun and can even happen online, just like this. So I hope you'll share the Parkview experience with a friend and tell them to join us next time. And one thing we like to do as a community is to take communion together. It's our way of remembering how much our good shepherd loves us and how far he is willing to go to show us that love. So we've put together a short communion service that you can find at our Parkview online Facebook group or at parkviewchurch.com communion. I hope you'll check it out when you have the time. Thanks again for spending time with us today. See you next time.